eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Steve Sparky, 5 or 1250 AM, the fan in Milwaukee, along with our guys, Phil Brylow, and of course, Dwight Albrecht, uh, as we do the Spare Time uh, Bowling Show podcast each and every week. Of course, download it wherever you download your favorite podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family members. Joining us now, you recognize him, I'm sure. He is Chuck Gardner, uh, of course, a longtime uh, bowling rep on tour for Brunswick, and now runs the Brunswick Youth experience uh we're going to get into talking uh, about that with chuck but before we get into the youth experience and all the great stuff brunswick is doing uh, for kids which i know there are a lot of parents that check out this podcast that have kids bowling in league i'm one that have a kid, has a kid bowling in league um th- this is all good stuff before we get into that though i've i've always been curious uh of the life of a ball rep uh for a number of years obviously you were with sean rash and so forth so what does that look like the, because we talked about the grueling role of trying to get onto the PBA tour uh, to qualify, get into that top 50 and the money that you spend driving your car all over the country and hotels and just what the, the grueling grind is. So I, I want to get an idea of what the life of a ball rep is. You know, let's say a major week where it's a major coming up. What does that week look like for you? Um, it's a long week. Um, a lot of it is about preparation, right? So you're um, the days before, the qualifier, because I was one of those reps that uh, I participated in every qualifier with the players. Um, if they were bowling a PTQ, I was there. Um, but preparation, getting ready for the event was always key. You know, make sure that you, your focus is on what it needs to be on. Where, where did we, where did we perform badly the week before? What can we do to get better? Um, do we need to look at some different uh, nuggets for, to drill, to get prepared. Did we, did I see a big hole in your arsenal? Um, so you're trying to do that with all your players to help them be as prepared as can be. Um, that's the, that's, I think one of the most important things I think, you know, it's it, players miss the boat sometimes when they don't focus enough on preparation, because at the end of the day, if you're not ready 
for what's about to happen, um, you're not going to react well to what's going to happen. So, Chuck, I, I always said this on the on, on the show time and time again. Uh, and that was I, I thought Chuck Gardner uh, was the best psy- psychiatrist out on the tour uh, because I think that is part of being a ball rep. The right is control, helping to control the emotions of the, the bowlers that, that you're working with, whether it be in qualifying, whether it be when you get to the step ladder or when you're on TV or whatever. The bad shot happens being able to get them mentally refocused on that next shot and kind of being their cheerleader, I guess, per se. Yeah, I, th- I think that was that was always my strength um, as a rep. I think my strength was trying to keep them in the moment, trying to keep make every shot a new adventure. Uh, every shot is a different environment. Every shot, something different is happening. Um, not to dwell on the past, not to dwell on what happened. Um, I think the number one thing that I preach, even with kids today, is don't focus on things that are out of your control. Um, if things are out of your control, you, you can't change it. So you, you control what you can control. And and that is how you react to things that happen that don't go well and how you respond, uh, after you've had something bad happen or even something good happen. Um, I remember having players shoot 300, like game one on a stepladder and go, all right, come on, let's, let's sit, let's think about what our job is here. Our job was not to get here and shoot 300 in the 4-5 match. Our goal when we got here was to try and win the title. Mm-hmm. And we want to – that's 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 the beauty of of the tour. That's that's why most of them are there. I mean, it's – you you want to win trophies. You want to you want to have a, uh, a celebration for yourself, for your family, and, and even for your brand. So I, I think it's really important that you you understand how to control your emotions. And I and listen, belief. Let, let's be honest, belief. If if you don't believe that you can get up and make that shot, or if you don't totally believe that you're going to out execute and have better ball reaction than the guy you're going to compete against, it's hard to beat them. It's hard to beat them because they're all great. Um, I've said this for a million years. It's the difference between good and great in every sport is between the years. I don't care what sport it is. They're all good. They're all really good. Um, really good. But the difference between good and great is between the years. And I think it always will be. During the show, during the show, um, we, a couple of weeks ago, we were watching the U S open and there were three tour reps uh, giving advice um, to the PBA player. I forget who. That was Storm. Yeah, for Storm. Yep. Um, and uh, we were talking about that, if that wasn't uh, a little bit more excessive. Um, when you're, one of your staffers was on the shows, what, what are the main conversations that you and him are having? Is it just all ball reaction or just trying to settle him down too? Yeah, um, probably – 25% of its ball reaction, to be honest. Uh, most of it's, you know, uh, the moves we're going to make, how we're going to try and attack the lane, um, staying calm, um, staying in a position with your with your brain that you can repeat, um, getting yourself in the position that you 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 know you you know you're going to make a great shot, and and I think that's that's where a lot of reps I. I personally believe uh, 
have missed. Um, you know, there's a lot of tour reps out there that have done a really good job over the years, but I think I'm the only one that was ever out there for 20 years. Um, and it's not because I was better than anybody at, at understanding ball reaction or understanding bowling balls or anything like that. I don't think I was better than anybody at anything, at anything, to be honest. I just, I, I, I have a bulldog mentality. I want to, I want to help players win and helping those players uh, reach their goals. It was the most important thing to me and still is today. Um, I think, you know, guys like Del Ballard and Rick Benoit, um, you know, they laid the groundwork for us, the, the, the more modern, it's kind of funny to hear an old guy talk about more modern. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. Um, so I think ball reaction is, 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 it's, I think it's down the list, to be honest, like you can't out bowl bad ball reaction. So you got to have good mm-hmm. ball reaction. There's no question about it. Um, but I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out what's going to work and, and, and how you're going to attack the pair. Um, okay. I think it's really more between the ears, to be honest. So down in Shawnee a couple of weeks ago, uh, I saw Mike Wolf. He's now repping on tour posted that they thought they had all these new balls cleared to use on the lanes in the Shawnee tournament. And it didn't happen. We're, we were actually only cleared for the next week in Wichita and a whole bunch of guys had to go redrill stuff. And I can't imagine the insanity that was going on for all your staffers down there. Did you ever run into something like that in your 20 year career where all of a sudden, Whoa, we got to make an entire change to our game plan for the week. Um, to be honest, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and it's not a knock on Mike or anybody else. It, what, what here, here's the way I have always evaluated um, arsenals for events. Um, just because we have five new bowling balls coming out doesn't mean we need to install those five new bowling balls into next week's arsenal. Um, you know, I, I think I am, I've always been a guy that believes in filling holes in an arsenal. So we have an arsenal. We've set an arsenal. They set an arsenal before the U.S. Open. And so they've had now three or four weeks to drill to fill in holes. So do you really want, and and this is something I just never did. I never wanted to bring four or five new balls into the arsenal just because. Just because they're coming out. Now, I will tell you that if a player made a TV show and we had a new ball coming out, I would actually try and drill a ball or two so that the new ball got shown on television. But my rule was very simple. If the ball reaction is not better than what we used to get there all week, we're not using it. Yeah. End of story. And, uh, and, and, to sometimes uh, the chagrin of, of my bosses uh, once <laughs> in a while, they, they go, wow, you couldn't have made the new whatever. Uh, work no I couldn't um, and, and a lot of it has to do with confidence right if, if the player doesn't if the player is throwing it for the first time and they don't have the confidence they don't know the ball got them there how are they going to just get up and make the great shot yeah. so winning was no, that, that leads to another question I guess that I had really never thought about so you started talking about it Chuck uh, and, and that is is there ever pressure from above you think with these bowling uh, companies to make sure that their brand new shiny ball that they want to sell a, you know, in the, in the, in the pro shop makes it on TV. If they do have 
you know, a bowler on TV uh, and wanting to make sure that gets shown off is because, I mean, again, these guys are under contract with these bowling companies. Obviously, I'm, I'm assuming that's probably part of the deal. It is. Um, but I will tell you that uh, Brunswick never put that pressure on me. Um, I can't speak for the other brands. I have seen players lead tournaments and throw a ball they hadn't thrown all week. It was the new shiny ball in bowl 150. Um, and I was 100% positive that that was not going to ever happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, not that I have never had a player shoot 150 on TV. Don't get right, me wrong. Right, right. Um, it's happened, but the, I'm, it's not, it's not going to be because we tried to push a new ball. And I will tell you that, that the Ebonite brands for several years, um, they, uh, if a, if a bowler was signed to a certain brand, like I Tommy Jones with Ebonite, uh, um, when if Tommy used track balls all week uh, to get to the show, and he had a track arsenal that was working really well, right. Ebonite made him throw Ebonite an Ebonite branded ball on TV, and they, they did that for years. Um, and I kind of understand it because you know he's got that big E on his chest, and they would like to see that Ebonite ball going down the lane. But to the detriment of winning a title or the detriment of a player's making money, yeah, I'm, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. And uh, so they did change it. And obviously, Brunswick, we don't do that. Right. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, okay, so I got another one for you. So when we talk about silly seasons for bowlers, right? These guys are, you know, go to the offseason. They don't, they're not under contract with any specific bowling uh, manufacturer one way or the other. So now Storm is jockeying, Ebonite, Brunswick, whoever it may be, jockeying for position to get them. How much are you ball reps used uh, in any way to help the recruiting process to maybe land a bowler uh, in an offseason? I think it depends on your position with the company. Um, at Brunswick, um, it, it all, I, I was involved in all of it, 100%. Um, and, um, but I'm not sure, I think Storm's uh, hierarchy, um, I think Gary and Dell are the ones that basically do the staff guys and things like that at Storm. Um, and But I'm sure they ask the reps what they think of them. Um, but in, at Brunswick, uh, as long as I was there, it was, it was actually went through me, so... 
Talking with Chuck Gardner, again, part of the Brunswick Youth Experience. Uh, and we're going to get into that aspect of uh, life right now and move on from the ball wrap. I appreciate all that stuff, Chuck. I, I was always curious to ask that stuff. So thanks for uh, entertaining us on that aspect. All right. So tell everybody kind of what the Brunswick uh, Bowling Youth Experience is and really all the great stuff you guys are doing to help kids. Well, this is this is absolutely uh, my passion. Um, I, I want to grow the sport of bowling. And uh, I feel like it was really cool for to spend all these years as as a tour rep and uh, helping players win titles. But this is what I really um, always wanted to do. And the Brunswick Youth Experience is pretty simple. We are a support mechanism for existing youth tournaments. Um, we're not running tournaments. We're not going to be tournament directors. Uh, Storm does a wonderful job with their SYC tournaments, um, but that is not what the Brunswick Youth Experience is. Brunswick Youth Experience uh, comes to youth events. Uh, last year, I, I went to about 30 youth events around the country and uh, spent the weekend uh, meeting kids, uh, meeting parents, uh, meeting tournament directors. And uh, it's pretty simple. What the, the, the basis of what we do mostly as uh, we go there in the morning, um, they do their registration. Um, before they start their announcements, we do a 20 to 30 minute Q&A session with the pro that I usually bring with me. Uh, every event last year, I brought a pro with me except for one. Um, so almost always there's one of the Brunswick uh, Seven Brands uh, pro with me. And uh, we show up, we do a little Q&A, we set up a table, um, we have our autograph cards there. And we uh, we hand out goodies to the families, stop by the table. We give you a keychain or a bag tag or whatever, you know, little things that we have there and just let them know we're we're happy they're bowling. And at the end of the day, we, we want people to know that Brunswick cares that these youth bowlers are bowling, that their parents are taking them to the events and that the tournament directors are running the events because that's part of how this sport survives. It's part of how we grow. It's part of how we get our next generation of players. And, and, and we're not out looking, we're not scouting for the next Parker bone. Now, if it happens, it happens, but that's not what we're doing. Um, we're not evaluating players on their skill level. We're not doing anything like that. That is not at all part of it. Um, what it is part of is we have to remember there's, there's, I don't know, what is it, a quarter of a percent of the youth bowlers that are currently bowling um, may end up throwing a ball ever in their lives for a living. So it's not, you know, you're not out there just searching out players, uh, but they are the ones that will be the lifelong league bowlers and the people that will continue to help the sport and continue. And, and obviously in Brunswick's point of view, we make everything bowling. They'll utilize our lanes and our lane oils and our lane machines and maybe buy a ball and maybe buy a bag or shoes. And you never know. Um, and, but at the end of the day, we're just there as a uh, as a support mechanism for these tournaments and to let people know that we do care that they're there bowling. And we're glad they're there bowling. And uh, and it doesn't cost the, uh, the tournament directors a dime. Um, we do not it's all funded by Brunswick. Um, Brunswick pays all the expenses for, for myself, the pro, 
the travel, all the goodies. It's all funded by Brunswick, and it's it's really something super special that nobody's ever done in bowling. Chuck, with more of the proprietors, uh, at least locally, um, becoming more open play and recreational player orientated, how do we get the proprietors to keep the youth in the sport involved for the future growth of the sport? You know, I wish I knew the answer to that. Um, I think what's really important that proprietors need to understand that we need league bowling. Um, Yes, right now, open play is hip. It's a trend. I think COVID affected it an awful lot um, because now people can go out for entertainment. They don't have to go to a NBA game or a college uh, basketball game. They don't have to go to a football game where there's tens of thousands of people there and feel uncomfortable. They go to a bowling center. If it's completely packed, there's 200 people in there or 300 people in there. It's completely packed. So you feel, I think people feel more safe in that environment. I've talked to tons and tons of open play bowlers over the last year and a half or so. And that has come up more times. And it's crazy how many times they bring that up that they feel safe in that environment. Um, so I, I, I don't know that this open play trend is going to keep up years down the road. I, I mean, I hope so. I hope bowler, bowling providers still make a, a boatload of money. And uh, I get it. But I think they, they do not need to lose sight that league money is guaranteed money. And if you don't cultivate the next league bowlers through youth bowling, you're missing the boat. So maybe that's my next thing that I I focus on a little bit with Brunswick Youth Experience, you know, trying to uh, spend time with proprietors and go, guys, don't don't miss this because, you know, you don't want all your butter on one side of the Mm -hmm. bread. Sorry, that's just not how business works, I don't think. Yeah. You know, Chuck, and another thing that you're involved with, uh, along with the Brunswick Youth Experience, except this is something that yourself and your wonderful wife, Deborah, started, is Bowl for Life. It's bowling tied in it's scholarship money that bowlers can win but it's never on their ability it's on their participation in the sport their their community citizenship uh they can write essays and and win scholarships and stuff like that can you just touch a little bit about what bowl for life is i've seen a lot of it i could talk about it for about 10 minutes myself and i've just been on the outside looking in yeah the bowl for life foundation is is my uh it was my my dream it was something i wanted to do to give back to the sport and uh, we're we are very fortunate that we have so much participation uh, with people helping fund it. You know, that's 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 what it really amounts to. But we do not give any scholarships at all uh, based on bowling ability. None. Um, I think it's important. I'll tell you a real quick story. We we're in Indian, Indiana, Lowell, Indiana, um, a few weeks ago. Uh, Parker was with me. We had a great time. Uh, we we're at the. Northwest Indiana Junior Bowlers Tour. Wonderful event. Fantastic. And we gave away um, $1,000 in scholarships at the event on a random draw. And what was so cool for me is a young lady won one of those scholarships. And when we pulled her name, she was sitting like, I don't know, 30 or 40 feet away from me. And, and they had just finished qualifying and she was there and her mom was there consoling her. She was crying. Um, you know, she's actually a fairly good bowler and she actually bowled horrendous. She bowled terrible. Um, and I think she might've finished 
close to last. Um, and she was very upset. And it was very, it was very interesting that when I, when we drew her name and she won a $250 scholarship, her whole demeanor changed. And she wasn't, she was an older girl. She was probably, you know, a mid teenager. She wasn't some little girl who was just being spoiled rotten and, and just crying because she didn't pull well. She was disappointed in herself, genuinely felt like she, you know, let herself down, let her family down, and she just had a bad day. Um, but it, the whole thing changed when she won that scholarship. And, and it didn't matter where she finished, but she won a $250 scholarship at the event. So uh, the, the focus of Bowl for Life is just help kids go to college. It's all smart fund based. Um, we've given away over $400,000 in the last few years. Um, we will surpass five, we'll surpass a half a million this year. That's awesome. Last year was 130,000. This year, we're our goal is to give away 150,000. Yeah, so and we support a lot of tournaments, and it's from all across the industry. Everybody thinks they know you from Brunswick and stuff, like that, but Storm's a part of it, and there's a couple of jerseys apart. I mean, more than one jersey company part of it. Yeah. Pro shops from all across the country are a part of it. It's incredible what you and Deborah have done to bring this all together, and the support that the bowling community has given you is, is, is great to see. It's it's wonderful. I, I never I never thought when we started this that it would ever like our goal the first year uh, was to give away ten thousand um, dollars. And the first time we ever had a hashtag or we made like these bracelets and it was uh, what was the dev going? Fifty thousand. I remember in twenty nineteen. I still got mine I at home. I think it was, yeah. think it was less than that. I think it was twenty thousand okay. the first time we did bracelets. Okay. You know, like you chasing know, 20K. chasing twenty k. I think the bracelet set on it. We wanted to give away twenty thousand, and um, and for it to have turned into what it's turned into, uh, it's obviously a credit to uh, to Deb uh, and all of our sponsors that help us. Um, you know, it's it's crazy the relationship like that all the jersey companies have with us mm -hmm. right it's it's neat it's neat that the jersey companies none of them felt like they needed to be the jersey for bowl for life right logo, the um, logo infusion was the very first to jump on board and uh ken and kathy were and and are still great partners and they're the ones that actually encouraged us to reach out to some of the other jersey companies which is pretty unique right mm -hmm. they they wanted other companies to get on board and and it helped us a lot. So, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So how does this work now? If you're a proprietor here in Wisconsin or wherever people may be listening to the podcast that around the country, if they want to get involved with Chuck Gardner and Bowl for Life and the Brunswick Youth, Brunswick Youth Experience and so forth, how do they go about reaching out to you? Um, well, the Bowl for Life is uh, really easy, but they can reach out to me anytime on uh, on social media or through email. Uh, it's just chuck.gardner at brunswickbowling.com. And uh, we will do everything we can to help. And we we want to help grow the sport. Um, but we have a great social media presence with the Bowl for Life Foundation. Um, and and we just we just want to grow the sport. 
and and I, I'm I'm blessed that Brunswick absolutely bought in 100% to this idea. Um, you know, Brian Graham and Bugsy Kelly and, and Corey Dykstra, um, you know, when I said I was going to wanted to retire from the, from the tour rep position, uh, just, you know, 20 years is long enough and, uh, being on the road 250 nights a year and, and living that life for a, for an old man, uh, <laughs> was, was getting hard. It was getting hard. And, uh, but they wanted me to stay with Brunswick and they wanted me to still be a part of Brunswick. And, and I'm really blessed that they wanted me to still be part of the company. And uh, they said, what do you want to do? And we just came up with this idea and, and they said, okay, let's try it. Let's, it sounds amazing. And, uh, and it has been so far. And I got a really cool email from Brian Graham the other day. And he, he said that, it was it was really cool all the great things that we did as a tour rep, uh, winning you know thirty majors and uh, I don't know a couple hundred PBA titles over those years. Um, he goes, but what you're doing now is is maybe the best thing you've ever done with Brunswick, and uh, it made me feel kind of really special. So yeah, that's awesome. That's good stuff. Chuck Gardner joining us here, of course. Brunswick Brunswick Youth Experience earlier. On the podcast, you brought up a, a, a point of, you know, how very few kids uh, will actually end up, you know, having a chance to bowl on the PBA Tour and so forth. You always hear Major League Baseball, NFL, you know, less than 1% or whatever the case may be will get there. But for those, for like, say, the NFL, right, you have a ton of exposure when you're in high school. You have all these colleges that are recruiting and you get invited to summer camps and these different schools and all this other stuff. So you get the exposure uh, for baseball. Got a kid in youth baseball as well, junior in high school. And you have the PBR uh, right. stuff for them. Right. So it's going in and exit velocity is timed. And if you're a catcher, all these different statistics and measurables that all go up on the website, you have a whole profile that college coaches can go look at and recruit you from that aspect. Plus they have their own summer camps. They invite you to, to go do the same thing in front of them from right. a kid bowling. What is the process like for them? Cause I don't think there is a, and I've brought this up before on this podcast. I think somebody would make a ton of money if they ever went the route of say a PBR for baseball and did that the same type of deal for bowling? I think that would really help everybody. Uh, but from that perspective, just how difficult is it to get seen, I guess, with these college coaches and so forth and get recruited to be able to go bowl after high school? Well, I, I don't I don't think it's quite as hard as 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 we would make it sound, to be honest. I you know, Turbo do, did a great job for years and years with their Turbo Collegiate Expo. I uh, was part of that since the very first one. Bob Warren started that when he was with Turbo. Um, there's a, there's another company working on a recruitment kind of process through some clinics and stuff right now. Um, but honestly, the the coaches are very grassroots, um, and they they seek out the kids. It, I, they reach out. I mean, I I have lots of coaches that reach out to me. You know, you see all these kids. If you see somebody, you know, share it with me. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you some of the some of the fun ones. I mean, I, I helped bring Verity Crawley to the to the U.S. Um, wow. Brunswick sponsored uh, Team England for years, and I went over for several years and and worked with Junior Team England uh, as a coach and helping them. And I met Verity when she was ten or eleven years old. And it was pretty easy to see she was something super special. 
Um, and Dasha was brought over here uh, through another coach going to Russia. Um, and she ended up going to Wichita. And uh, so even around the country, around the world, there are still there, there's there's opportunity. And, and the reality is, if you're a young lady and you bowl, um, you, you need to be aggressive seeking somewhere to go because they're looking for you. Uh, with the Title IX stuff and, and the, the money that's available for these young ladies, uh, it's a little tougher for a boy. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, you know, a little bit more money gets uh, – scholarship money gets spent on baseball and football and, and lacrosse and, you know, things like that. Um, what so type of scholarship money are we talking about here, Chuck? Like for baseball, that's not full scholarship money like football or basketball. They get a pool of money. They got to divide that pool up of money up across the entire baseball team. So, you know, a really good baseball player, maybe they get 35 or 40% of, of that money on a college baseball team. Others may only get, you know, a few thousand dollars and they got to pay the rest of their way. How does it work in bowling? It's very similar. It's very, very similar. But the ladies, um, I, I, I know several young ladies that have gone to school on a full ride. Damn, really? Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. Several. Lots of them. Wow. Um, because there's just way more money for the ladies because, you know, that obviously it's it's wonderful for the ladies, the Title IX thing. And 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 I, I listen, if you think back before Title IX, there was virtually zero dollars being spent on young ladies. Right. Zero. Because all the money went to the guys because those are the sports that that pay the dividends to the college. Let's be honest. I mean, football yeah. is obviously drives every institution as a football program, For right? Sure. <laughs> yes. I mean, you, you go to a bowl game, it's worth millions of dollars to the, to the, and now, now we have, you know, we're next year, we're going to have the uh, Chuck Gardner bowl game. I mean, we they have, they have bowl games that are like, I've never even heard of the companies. But, you know, that, but that's the other thing you bring up and now we're kind of sidetracking, but, but that's something else. So you talk about the guys, the NIL deal, that they're getting these quarterbacks and basketball players getting crazy money on the women's side. Okay. College women's basketball. Maybe you'll get some NIL deals there, but after that, I think it's probably going to be tough for a lot of those ladies to get the NIL deals that these guys are getting in say football and basketball. Yeah. And, and uh, the young lady from LSU, um, I heard, I heard she's getting a couple million Um, and uh, she's a gymnast, Um, but she has, since she was an early teenager, she's really focused on her social media presence and has millions of followers. Um, so, you know, I, I think um, it was a really interesting question this week that a parent asked during the during the Q and A in New Jersey. Um, this weekend was unbelievable in New Jersey uh, uh, because Parker and Johnny both live there. They both came to the event. Uh, Liz nice. Culkin was there. So the four of us were there the whole weekend, and it was so neat to have, you know, such a great group there for these kids. And the kids and the parents were so in love with what we were doing this weekend. But one of the questions was, when do we start with the social media for the kids? And this this dad has an eight-year-old little boy, little two-hander, uh, and if you want to see something cool, go check out the Brunswick Youth Experience page. And I put a video up of this little man, um, and and it's a, but it's a tough question, right? I, I think you got to be careful as a parent to not look like you're pimping your child out, right? You got to sure. be careful as a parent. But um, I think what's really important, my personal view, um, 
my grandson is a motocross racer and he won uh, the overall at, at a race this weekend. Um, he won uh, three of the four motos and finished first in the overall, blah, 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 blah. This is really cool. But the focus that they always try and do on his social media page, because he has his own little YouTube channel and his own little YouTube page. Oh, wow. He's got, oh, yeah, he's, he just turned 10. And, uh, <laughs> but, he's, but he's really good. You know, he won a track championship last year yeah. as, a, as a nine-year-old. Um, so he's really good. But they, his parents are very, very focused on showing the grind, showing the work not showing the successes very much. As a matter of fact, um, one of the other grandparents put up a post right away that he had won all this and, and they were not really thrilled about it. And I, and I, I kind of did too, but I did make sure that they understood the most important thing to Gavin was he learned a lot this week, even though he won some races, he still learned a lot. It was his first indoor race, indoor oh. supercross race. He'd never raced an indoor supercross race. And, you know, he, he did really well, um, but he, he wanted that experience and he wanted to learn more. And I, I think I and I so I told these parents that my opinion is if you're focusing on them, what they're doing to get better and how they're how they're engaging with their practice routines and what they're doing. I think that is more impressive to people that might be looking for young people, because. The number one thing I think that a coach looks for and the coaches that I talk to, uh, the number one thing they look for is good human beings that they think will mesh with their team. Because at the end of the day, these college coaches, they're not developing uh, future tour players, right? They're trying to win for their college. Mm -hmm. They're trying to win team events, so if you watch coaches, and I'm talking about really good, great coaches, when you watch them coach a college tournament, which are a blast, if you've never been to one, got to go to one. They are so much fun. Um, but they're they're not they never work on anything physical ever ever ever. It's all about location where they're going to throw it and what they're going to throw it with, and how they can transition the lane to make the lane better for them mm -hmm. as the as the match goes on. Nice. So it's it's different, right? It's it's more about, you know, it's it's kind of a little bit tour repish, right? You know, it's kind of what you're trying to do as a tour rep. My goal is to make the pattern the best it can be for the guy that I want to win, that I want to see win. So we're trying to do that so that he's throwing a Brunswick ball and he's got that big crown on his chest <laughs> right giving him the trophy right that's what we're looking yeah. for that's mm -hmm. that's our job um but at the end of the day if you look at it and, and i always did look at it that i'm just trying to help grow young people uh into the best person they can be and let them achieve their dreams because if you do that then it, it all works out that's it all works out so I believe that I saw that video that you posted on that eight-year-old, a little boy, I believe, two-hander. Yeah. And I, I was, I just I thought it was funny because he's just so small compared to the other kids that are on the pair. And that was going to be my next question: Is are you seeing more of the youth out there that are no thumbers, two-handers? Um, oh yeah. And what's the percentage now uh, compared to like ten years ago? Oh, it's yeah. You you might see one ten years ago. Yeah. Um, 
I will tell you that the from 12 and under, I would I would say that it's probably 80 percent. Damn. It's <laughs> really gigantic. Yeah. It yeah. is gigantic. Um, and probably 16 and under. I'll bet it's at least 30 or 40 yeah. percent. Well, you know, there's the, the older kids, you know, they they might have started a little bit earlier in life. And, you know, if they started bowling at three or four years old, uh, they, they might still not be as influenced by Mr. Belmonte. Um, and, uh, but I will tell you, man, it's, it's gigantic. It is a gigantic number. And mm-hmm. the little girl uh, who finished second in the lower division of the event this weekend is a left-handed two-hander. Oh. And she is the older sister of the little eight-year-old. She's 10. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And she led the lower division. She led. Um, and he, he, I think he made the step ladder. I think he finished fourth. I think I was so much hoping that he would get there to bowl his sister. Right. It would have been so cool. Um, but I'll, let me tell you a little quick story about that little guy. I told the little guy that I was going to video him before he got up, before he got up. I say, Hey, is it okay? And I, of course I'd already asked his mom and dad. And I said, Nick, is it okay if I video you? on this shot so that I can show the world how cool you are and how good mm-hmm. you throw it. He said, sure, that's fine. <laughs> and he got up and did what he did. One shot. It was crazy. Magical. Like, yeah. It was so amazing. And he's throwing a little urethane ball mm-hmm. uh, and just curving the whole lane. Right. And I'm like, my, and he posted the shot. He looked like, looked like Belmo. <laughs> he comes back and I, and I, I did ask him, I said, well, that was really awesome, buddy. Way to go. I said, mm-hmm. who's your favorite bowler? He's Jason Belmonte. Well, of course. I wouldn't have known that. No <laughs> doubt. He has Chuck Garter again, the Brunswick Youth Experience. Uh, make sure to check that out as well. Chuck, thanks so much, man, for coming on. This was a lot of fun, man. Really appreciate mm-hmm. it. If you ever need to promote anything, need anything, you just let us know. Man, I, anytime you want me on, I would love to be on. These are more fun than – Uh, And I just love talking about our sport. I love anything I can do to help grow the sport. I'm going to do it, man. It's good stuff. Thanks, Chuck. There he is, Chuck Gardner here on the Spare Time Bullock Show. Have a good one, everybody.